I, I already named it. I named it uh, uh, 9-11 because I'm smart. And now we could, we told everybody now that we were just recording the 9-11 episode. So there you go. Hopefully you guys already checked that out. Maybe it's released. Maybe it's not. It's going to be weird because that was the exact amount of time that I can be serious about something. And now I have like ideas mm-hmm. in my head of things to talk about that are like like loosely related, but I want to make fun of. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this is the edition of Aaron and Trent Show. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, I don't know what edition this is. I think it's like five or six, but it's just Trent and I here on this this beautiful morning when we're recording. And we did just record the 9-11 episode, and we were a little bit more serious on that one. But I don't intend to be serious here. We are going to answer a bunch of your questions. We put out an Instagram story last night that just said, hey, if you got questions, we'll hit them up. So we'll cover those, and we'll pretend like we haven't gotten any of them before. We'll I mean, answer them sleeping. just with. Yeah, Aaron just put those out. I was I was asleep. I woke up to a bunch of messages, and really, what I want to talk about is things that I judge people for that I think that I was wrong about. But we can move on. Oh, to the questions. send it. It's fine. Oh, send it. Let's go. All right. So things that I've I've come around on is uh the 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 bracelets, right? The the KIA bracelets. Okay, here we go. Send it. Really. So like things that used to bother me is is everybody that would wear those. Like so like I would know someone that passed, and then I right. would know people that like knew a person that knew that person or was loosely associated with an organization that would put that on their wrist. Mm-hmm. And uh, that used to bother me, but it, it doesn't anymore because I, why, why I'm did it kind of a grown up? Cause I just, cause I'm in my own head too much. I, I'll be like, I don't know if I knew that person <laughs> well enough to wear a bracelet. Also, I'm never going to forget about that person. It's just not my thing. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know why I used to let it bother me, but uh, it used to. And now I'm just like, Hey man, whatever you got to do to, to, to feel connected and to remember people and, and whatever, you know, but I used to do that with all things, uh, symbology, right? Yeah. So if yeah. you had an angel, if you had, you know, the, the PJ flash, if you had, you know, any of those things, right. I immediately would challenge you on it. Right. And I would, get, I would get so mad. I could say like, if you implied that you were cooler than you were, if you said something, I would, I'd be the first one to get into like an altercation. I could not care less anymore you want to wear a shirt with a big old angel on it and be like uh that others may live and pjs are awesome and i might be a pj i'm like sweet where do you work are you a guard guy oh no i fine i don't care like you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to be a poser you shouldn't get you know get things from claiming that you did things that you shouldn't but i don't know that's that's one of those things that evolved for me too that i'm just like i don't know is it really that important like sweet shirt i i just don't know if i care well, yeah, it, I mean, it's just all kinds of silliness. Like I, I saw a dude walking out of a, a store the other day with um, a tank top on. And I think sleeveless shirts are pretty stupid, but that's just me. And then I thought about Wait, it. And I'm like, what? I'm probably just jealous because that dude has like bigger delts than I do. So maybe I should just go to the gym and work on my shoulders and then maybe I'll fall in love. Yeah. And uh, the, the sleeve monster will attack my house, you know, <laughs> it'll just it'll look like it's on a hanger because of your big old traps. You know what I mean? Just. Pink. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I retire, that's what I'm going to look like anyway. You know, there's, there's indicators. Anyway, go watch more plates, more dates, and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I don't know if anybody will understand what we're talking about. And then now we've gotten to the end of the topics because you came in so hot with things that made you mad. And we talked about, you know, KIA bracelets that now we don't know what we talk about. We have to go back and like find the lessons or find the, <sighs> uh, the topics that we talked about. It's just like, it's just like you, all the stuff, stickers on cars, license plate covers, all the other crap, me judging other military people harsher than I, than I should. 
without okay. understanding okay. that they're not me and they can do whatever they want. And that's fine. I don't, I don't, I don't care they, anymore. They can do whatever they want. One of the ideas that I had on the group chat last night to, to kind of kickstart us here before we hop into questions and stuff is I wanted to revisit. We've been, we've been going back during, uh, you know, our chats, uh, internally, we've been going back and looking at older topics that we may have recorded beforehand. And we've been talking about doing updates. So one of the things that we saw that I wanted to, to kind of hit on failure at ANS, because there's been a bunch of different dynamics that have been rolled into this. Before, you know, in doc style, if you just got punched in the face and the smoke cleared and you were there, you won. It didn't, there was no say, like sometimes you even made the cadre mad. They were like, you shouldn't like, you know, in Aaron Love's case, uh, you shouldn't be here. You're a terrible person. I was like, oh, well, I did 13 pull-ups and I ran, you know, six miles at 4230. Um, but now there's another, there's another aspect rolled in here where you can get through ANS and then they can say, hey, thanks. But unfortunately, no thanks. Um, and that's a that's a big deal. And we've seen enough iterations now that we see how we're judging attributes. We really do have some good output, some good data. So I'm going to open the floor to you because you're the SME. You're the guy that lives, you know, in and around those spaces. So, well, I live in the ivory tower of AATC headquarters. <laughs> I, I, I mean, right. in, the, in, the, in the closet. I'm not like sitting at the top of there, just so everybody knows. Um, right. Uh, so, uh, first of all, I think that the if I was out there and I witnessed the change from uh, the civilian side of the house where it's like, oh, I have to meet these parameters, these physical markers, and just not jack anything up too bad, and I'm in. Like, that, that is pretty straightforward. And then we come in and we're like, hey, we're also going to open up your brain and figure out who you are. And if you're not a good person, then you're out. <laughs> You know, like, it'd be like, we're going to peel back. We're going to unzip you mm. and we're going to figure out. I don't know why things got so weird, but I'm for it. I'm going to keep you up for 18 days and see what happens. It's like, what? I don't, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I don't understand you know? why that doesn't seem necessary. And, and, and maybe it's because I spend too much time in my head, but that seems like a terrifying prospect to, uh, to go in there and have a psych doc talk to you and all these other <laughs> things. But I'll, I'll tell you, it is, we understand that the level that we're assessing for is not secret squirrel CIA, despite what you might see out on the, the Instagrams. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's for the, the, the entry into the, the career field. And so we're not, we're not looking for things to get rid of you psychologically for like, we're looking for just the same things we were looking for before when the cadre looked at Aaron and they said, no one's going to like you and you shouldn't be a PJ. You know, now we have the authority to keep people like Aaron out of the, the, the career field or the, the ability. Thank so. goodness. I know. right? No. Yeah. And I, it was necessary because those guys were right. You know what I mean? Like we had an interaction that I handled terribly. Um, I was factually correct, but at the end of the day, does it really help? Does it really matter if you're factually correct? Um, unless you get support and these instructors were correct. And now we give our instructors the support to make sure that, you know, more people like me don't get in. I, I for, personally, I'm for it. And I wish it was retroactive. <laughs> What? I wish I wish they could just tell me like, Aaron, get out of here. You're done. I'm waiting for someone to take this seriously and be like, Trent thinks that Aaron shouldn't be a PJ coming from the guy <laughs> that went through like the I'm legacy Saudi model. And if you don't know what that is, it wasn't difficult. And here I am talking crap to it. I mean, not grad. Um, but I, I did get some good data though. And I, I don't want to talk about this before I forget about it and just start going down the, the train of ridiculousness. Um, the path of ridiculousness. How could I go on a train? Anyway, um, I don't know. I was talking to some people out there and 
we were trying to figure out the physical indicators that we have for success in ANS. Okay. And the thing that we have correlated to success at ANS is oddly enough, the runtime. So okay. when you think about it, you do have to pick up heavy things. You have to carry things. You have to do all this, but the, the, the period of time that you have to do all these things that you have to be efficient, you have to keep going and going and going. If you don't mm-hmm. have that strong aerobic base, Mm-hmm. then you are going to struggle. Like you're not doing things once you're doing things over and over. You're not walking a hundred meters with something you're walking miles with something. And mm-hmm. so I think we, when we did like the uh, IFT, CFT, OFT episode, like if I was someone out there and I was looking at it, I'm like, Oh, I only have to do like a 10, 20 mile and a half once. And I have to pass it once, you know, once I get there and then why mm-hmm. would I do cardio after that? That's silly. Like I can swim. Like no. it's not that hard. No, having no, no. that aerobic yeah. base. Do the Taylor starch thing, build that up, make it huge. It's going to make everything better. It's going to make you more efficient. It's going to keep your mind clear. It's going to allow you to problem solve when you're tired. It's going to allow you to like get less sleep, but still function. So um, if, if you listen to anything from this episode, like this is my only serious piece of advice, build that aerobic baseline up. Dude, I listened to the Taylor starch episodes. I don't know why the timing was just weird. And I can't remember what was going on with me during the times because taylor came on back to back uh over the course of a couple weeks he did you know the four or five episodes and then all the shorts and all you know the instagram lives i don't know where i was during that time but i just i didn't get a chance to talk to him directly but i have worked that training into my own personal training like my like i don't do any cardio now less than really an hour like i'm going in today to do my hour of cardio and it's i mean it's going to suck it by the end my heart rate's going to be you know nice and high and i'll be sweaty and whatever else but really i'm trying to keep it in that zone 2 zone 3 i put more of those train like i do that probably two or three times a week extra training uh, or extra cardio sessions with what i'm doing it has been the number one best thing that i've put in my training program i feel so much better in every single scenario like i don't i don't really get that winded doing Metcon style workouts, my weightlifting has gone nowhere. It's been, it, my weightlifting is improved. Um, my overall durability, mobility, I just feel better. Like yep. I don't feel nearly as like, I have shoulder problems and back problems and all kinds of other stuff. I just had a, a back injury that I recovered for, I recovered from, and I feel better coming out of it. Like it feels, I feel great. I feel really good. And that's because of Taylor Sharp. So shout out to that, that training. And it is a, it's really wild. Every once in a while, you'll find those things that directly correlate to success. Uh, back in the Indoc model, one of the senior NCOs that worked there from seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of students, he was like, uh, he figured out that treading directly correlated to your success for WaterCon. So if you can run and you can tread water and you can be efficient in the water at treading water, those two things were like indicators of success for Indoc, for all other things. And it didn't make any sense. And maybe it was just this weird outlier that he identified, this weird blip in the code, but he was totally right. I mean, well, when treading goes from being like the worst possible event, like that Mm -hmm. stresses you out psychologically and and physically to almost a break time, like it can, it it gets hard and you can make it hard and you can hand the students stuff and make them do stuff. But I mean, it's, it changes everything. You know, like if, mm-hmm. if you go for a run and it's not the worst thing that you've ever experienced and you don't stress out about making it on that run and all these other things and you just go out there and you perform, then it's easy. And it's, it's almost like a break yep. time. So you need those, those break times. And we, we spend more time on our feet doing things and, and going and going and going. Um, 
Go ahead. One other thing about it. We used to talk about this all the time, actually, when I was uh, down at the selection course, is people were always trying to make the runtime, make it faster, right? Make it lower the time. Mm -hmm. Because we would Mm -hmm. see a correlation between, like, guys that were, you know, 45 seconds to a minute under the requirement. We're like, well, these people Mm -hmm. are way more successful. And I'm like, well, if you look at all the courses with when we all used to have different standards, the same thing applied mm-hmm. to every single course, no matter what the time was. I'm like, what we're identifying is people that put in the work on the front end and show up more prepared than what was actually required, being mm-hmm. more successful through the pipelines. The time, I'm not saying the time has nothing to do with it, but it has less to do with the time and more to do with that mindset of exceeding the standard and showing up mm-hmm. ready to go than it is about um, the, the actual time of the run. Yeah, no, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, and it's easy to just be like, well, yeah, if you run faster, you're going to be more successful. Oh, okay. Like I understand why the people building, you know, like the, um, like building the course would be like, oh, okay. Well, if we make the runtime faster, then people would be more successful if that's what breeds success. Um, but it's, it's the same. Um, it's the same as what you, you just said is 100%. That's an indicator that people showed up way ahead of where it is that they should have been. And then they were successful because of it. It wasn't necessarily because of the numbers on the stopwatch when they got finished with whatever distance they were doing. So, yeah, well, and, and we program yeah. everything off of those like initial times too. So it's not like if we, if we make, if we said everybody has to come in with a mile and a half time of eight minutes, it's not like we don't change the rest of the run program. Cause we're like, Oh, everybody's running eight minutes. Right. So now we can start running like, you know, five minute intervals and all this other stuff. It's, we don't go back to the regular like seven and a half, eight minute intervals. That'd be silly. Right. All right, everybody, we're going to test out. You're going to come in running eight minutes and that's going to be the last mile and a half that we run. Okay. Get out of here. Pretty um, sweet. Okay. So run times, how to be successful, but what happens when they're not right? So we're moving through ANS. There's a ton of psychological evaluations. There's a ton of observations, which is even more important, right? So you're, very rarely, because you need a psych test to get in, right? So if there if there were problems with your um, with your mental health uh, or psychological well being uh, for the program, we would have figured that out before now. The more important thing here is that when you talk to the psych docs, I, I say the stuff about the psych test to say you're probably not going to fail it, right? Like it's not going to be a thing where you walk into this thing and you just write it down, and whatever. The psych team might look at it and go, "Huh, it looks like." They are going to have a problem with authority. We should make them a team member. We should see in this specific event, we should see how it is that they handle it. There's going to be things that they can look at from that test and go, that's interesting or, you know, give a recommendation plus or minus. But the more important part is the observation. It's the day to day of people watching you and try and correct me if I'm wrong here, but everybody's given a number inside of ANS, right? So you have your, your roster number. So it's, you know, over and over and over again of training events where an instructor is like roster number 24 did this roster number 24 raised his voice when he was talking to a teammate roster number 24 did well on today's evaluation you know they they're building this folder of information to get an entire picture of who you are so everybody freaked out a couple of years ago when we talked about attributes based assessments but this is the outgrowth of that This is us looking at you as a whole person. Like, do I want this person in the team room? Can I trust this person with secrets? Should this person be allowed to shoot heavy weapons uh, on no sleep? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, is this person capable of taking on the stresses of of what it is that we do? And now we have enough data points to go, 
well, this is what these operators look like on the back end. These are what, you know, students do. This is what a good student looks like. And I don't think you're, you're up to that bar. So now there's the possibility of, Hey, we're through. I made all the physical stuff and here I stand and have somebody look at you and go, you know, not, not today, not selected. So, um, what, what are the problems that you have been seeing with that? If any, I'll tell you the, the vast, vast majority of people that don't get selected are because of physical events. It hasn't, what we're looking for hasn't changed that much. And we understand that, that like you bring in an 18 year old, you know, the, you know, we all talk about it. The brain's not fully formed. Mine didn't get fully formed until I was mm-hmm. 36. Um, <laughs> but we were, we're it, you leave room to grow and to, to, pro- to progress in life. So most of it's physical, the, the psychological mm-hmm. teamwork piece is probably about 5% of it. Like if we think that you can mature as a person, you still have, you know, a year to two years left in your pipeline and it's not egregious, then you're probably going to get picked up if you're crushing the physical stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but those, those, we do a peer evals as well. And if all of your teammates from day one to the last day, all they say is this, this person is a terrible person. Like in front of the cadre, they throw the smile on, you know, they're Johnny on the spot at spotlight ranger. And then as soon as the cadre leave, like they start talking crap and they don't want to do anything. They don't help out with any team gear. You know, they're, they're, you know, the, we all know that person, like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to, you know, go be an operator. It's like, mm-hmm. get bent, go away. Right. And we used to do this in the, the phase two. We used to see it on a fairly regular basis when we do the phase two for NCOs. And where you'd see it come out of the most was like places like Hurlbert, where you'd get this, this person who would hang out with our guys and would like, uh, oh, right. they're in it for the lifestyle outside of the team right. room more than they are for the, uh, you know, the work. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I'm telling you, that's maybe 5% of the non-selects. Maybe I, I, I'm not, I don't have the data in front of me or, any, or anything and, and it changes class to class. But if you go in and you crush it physically and you're just like a normal person, don't, don't psych yourself out too much about it. Yes. What's our advice? Just be a normal person. What, well, just just ask yourself, would a normal person wear uh, sage combat boots in their jeans with a tucked in T-shirt and a leather belt to the mall at the Riverwalk? Would a normal person do that? I don't think so. <sighs> I don't think that's what normal people do. So don't don't do that. I'm trying real hard not to be where to talk about things that bother me. And I'm just. Can we, yeah, but it's you know, blood like, pressure. That's the thing is we're always just like, be a good person. And that's so subjective, right. you know? So I'm like, right. I'm trying to open up the aperture and be like, in reality, it's more like be a normal person. I'll you know? take normal. Right. We're willing to, that's like the bottom, right? Like the seven, <laughs> it's like, you don't have to be perfect, but the bottom is normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're hoping yeah. you get to like good, but we'll accept just normal. <laughs> just well, don't just, be weird. You can't be a brony. You can't watch too much anime. You can watch some anime. I think anime is cool, but you can't like be doing the Naruto run when we're trying to do something. Like you gotta, you gotta miss me, dog. <laughs> just, just be, just be normal. You could be eccentric. I knew a dude. Oh man, I'm not gonna put his name out there. He works at the GSU now. He is an awesome guy. We'll we'll call him Dan. It's not his name. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Dan was the most eccentric dude. He would smoke a pipe. He wore clothing that would make you think that he was a hiker in Switzerland. Be like, why do you have leader hosen on? Like, are you, 
are you German or somebody like, no, I just, I don't know. I like the way they look. And there was this hiker guy. He had like this big mustache and he had like really close cropped hair and these wired glasses. We would just be like, Oh, look at me. I'm Dan. Look how eccentric I am. Have I reminded you today? Like he had one pair of hiking boots that he would just get resold. Like they were like a leather hiking boots, but he would go to a cobbler and have them resold. He's like, no, I've had these boots for uh, 15 years. And And the guy was an absolute hitter. He could shoot. He's great at medicine. (laughs) He's a great tactician, but he was, he was just like the super weirdest. And we were like, can you just be normal? And he just refused. Not dog. Those are some of my favorite takes. It takes all types. Yeah. So like on the spectrum of normal, like, so it's just like the ASVAB, right? So the ASVAB requirement for all the career fields is 49. (laughs) There are outliers that possibly could make it through the pipelines that score below 49 on the ASVAB. But it's Mm -hmm. a, it's a return Mm -hmm. on investment type of thing. We would have to bring in (laughs) 4,000 of those people to get one. You know what I mean? Uh So like on the spectrum of normal, you have to, you know, you have to be, you have to fall into a normal ish range. And if you're way outside of that, then we might. Yeah. (laughs) nice all right so for those people that don't get selected what would you think your advice would be you can't just be like well get you know be a better person fix yourself as a person they're going to get feedback so let's let's talk about that process first um you're not selected for for just no reason they're they're not like no and then you know you get out you're going to get feedback from the team and you're going to have a chance to talk to the team and they're going to they're going to flesh that out are they given recommendations for how to get better how does that go or you know do you even have any knowledge of it yeah it depends on what you're you're eliminated for right so if you're just not strong enough in the water you know and and, and understand mm-hmm. that everything is on like a pretty accelerated timeline it's it's the military we're not right. like hey yeah. like i'm gonna work with you for eight months on your water because you're a good person it's like you just we just don't have time for it um so if you're not if if your water centric uh skill sets are just not there and that's not what you didn't get picked up for you may have some options. You may, and I, I want to foot stomp this. You might get the opportunity to go tech P maybe mm-hmm. like that's happened in the past. Um, but if you're like, if it's all physical, they're just going to be like, Hey man, you know? And, and, and like I said too, like we don't have like a, a, a pile of instructors that are staring at you being like, I am your instructor for the day for your pipeline. And I will give you personal feedback. It's like, Hey, you failed mm-hmm. here, here and here. And so like, you need to work on it, you know? Like you can't yep. rock. So you and I want to say something about going, going tack P real quick. Like, I don't want to interrupt your flow, but there was a long time where people would go to that. And it was like a step down. People are like, Oh, that's cool. Uh, I, I guess I couldn't make it as a controller. I'm going to go to tack P. Holy crap. If you show up to tack P school, if you show up to the tack P world and you have that sort of look at you, they are going to grind you to death. They're going to kill you. Like, Listen to me when I say it, man, TAC P is a mature career field that attracts professionals that want to do only TAC P. If you think you're just going to have like some sort of fallback plan to where you're like, well, if I don't get what I want if, as, as a PJ or maybe as a controller, I'll just, maybe I'll just hop over to TAC P. Man, you, you're, that is not the correct attitude. Like if you, if in the case you don't make it through for whatever reason, like let's say it is water. Let's say you wanted to be a PJ and it is the water that just, you could not get over it. You couldn't meet the standard. Okay. And they offer you to go to TACP. 
you had better fight for that number one spot. Like it is your last shot in the world because there's a whole bunch of people that train specifically that like specifically for TACP for as much work that you put in to go to assessment and selection for pararescue or special reconnaissance or, or combat control, as much work as you put in, they put that in for TACP and they're trying to bury you and you better perform. So let's just, let's get our minds right there. Like, I, I always hated that when people uh, they used to do it with Sear too back in in the indoc time no, Sear because is the school super easy are right they're they're tech, they're tech training super easy right how dare you yeah uh, and and you would you would see people you know that would that would leave the indoc classes and every once in a while somebody would get approved to go over to the Sear um, indoctrination course or the Sear selection course um, or the pre course they had really done at San Antonio at the time but. They would go over there and, and they would just get absolutely destroyed because if they had even the the second uh, that the instructors would kind of sense that they were just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to kind of breeze through this because I'm, I'm pretty good. I almost made it through. You know, I made it through week four of Indoc, so I'm pretty good. You know, like the instructors would just smash them. So just cautionary tale, everybody, um, that maybe a different perspective. And now that I've fully interrupted you, Trent, go ahead. What was I talking about? I don't remember. I don't. Oh remember. yeah. So it depends uh, on what you get washed out for. Otherwise, if it's if if you're not go. like there to, um, you know to to, if if you're not meeting enough standards that we would recommend you for one of like TACP or one of the CMS courses, uh, career fields, mm-hmm. uh, SEER or EOD, um, and, and Aaron makes a great point. It's not a step down. It's just different. Um, then you're just going to go to the Air Force, and and that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that feedback. So if it's uh like a psychological thing, you might get something from the psych doc. Um, but usually those people are just like eliminated. Like you, you're not, you know, we're going to pull you if if it's right. egregious. And if not, like you just need to go work on probably mostly your physical stuff. And I'll, I'll tell you personally, like in my experience and, and from what I've seen, the more you work on the physical stuff that helps with the psychological stuff a lot of times, unless you're, you're truly psychotic, you know, and I think we've all <laughs> met that person in the gym that you're like, you're really like really fit. But it just made you more crazy, you know, just a complete psycho. And now you're just a really fit and capable psycho, yeah. which is exactly who we're looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we don't bring in the psycho. We, we create sociopaths. We don't bring in sociopaths. I think that's what we've always Perfect. been told. Fantastic. That was that was the best possible end. So. That kind of wraps up. We wanted to talk about the failure at ANS thing because it, it does happen now. So hopefully we're giving you the tools to avoid it, of course, because that's it. And and what we're getting from this, guys we're, and gals, we're going to footstop it. You know what is successful now. You know that a lower runtime correlates to a higher success rate because of the physical stress that you're able to take on, right? It's an indicator. Your cardiorespiratory fitness in relation to running is a good indicator for how successful you can be at ANS because we're asking you to stand on your feet all the time doing tiring tasks and the bigger base you have, the better you're going to be. That's the bottom line here. So you know what to train for now, right? You know how to prioritize your things. Um, how, so hopefully you're successful because after ANS, Trent, what comes after ANS? Pre-dive. Pre-dive. Yeah. What do you need for pre-dive? Well, for pre-dive, you're going to need some gear. What if we had a place where you could buy some gear, Trent? What about what about a place called Attack Elite that actually that be- had specific gear set up, like for PJ, for spec war gear, like all kinds of spec war gear? It would be super rad if you went to their website and it was actually labeled as that as well, and it has the, the equipment that you actually use in the pipeline. 
You're saying if I go to atacley.com right now, so atacley.com, A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E.com, I could go to their catalog and I could say I could find maybe stuff for U.S. Coast Guard rescue swimmer gear. Maybe I could find workout equipment. How about military ruck packs? They even have supplements on this site that you could use to get ready for the pipeline. Special forces, rangers, got them. Seals, Marsoc, recon gear, got them. You can get everything you need, or you can buy it all separately. You can buy it all. Like, if you just want a mask, you can get a mask. You just want a ruck, you can get a ruck. But if you want to get everything that you could possibly need to train for one of those pipelines, you get a whole pack, too. Spoiler alert. Under the, the Marine Corps tab, it's just crayons. There you go. <laughs> oh, damn. It's crayons <laughs> and a whole bunch of honor, brother. I thought you get it right. Go again, go to Atacle, A-T-A-C-L-E-T-E, Atacle.com. Use the code ones ready at checkout. You'll actually get a pretty sweet discount. And it really does have all of your training gear. So go check them out, Atacle.com. Use the code ones ready at checkout. Get all the training gear you could possibly need to earn each breath and get in this aspect war life. Trent, that was the best ad we've ever done. Was good, and uh, I just want to say one more thing. Like someone hit me up the other day about Attackly, and this is beyond the ad. Um, and they were like, "Hey, like they're out of my size." So I go over to Attackly on Instagram. I'm like, "Hey, bro, when when you get a restock?" He's like, "Next week." We had mm-hmm. some things. Small companies have logistical chain problems sometimes, supply chain problems. Mm-hmm. Then I hit the guy up. I'm like, "Yeah, they'll have your size next week." And he's like, "Oh my goodness, that's so amazing!" But like the the it might not always be super convenient, but it will be more personal working with uh, some of these smaller vet-owned companies. You know, that's what I really enjoy about yeah. it. Yeah, and again, you get to vote with your wallet. I would rather like we know the guys that run Attackly. That's why that's why we're friends. So I would rather if my friend cuts hair, guess what barber I'm going to. If my friend sells shoes, guess what I'm wearing. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd rather do that with my life. So we're going to transition. We're going to talk about some of these uh, frequently asked questions, really the uh, questions from the stickers. We're going to start off with this one because it's apropos. What do you all think about Kazmet missing weight? He missed by eight pounds. He missed by eight pounds. He was supposed to weigh in at 170, weighed 178.5 or something, and was smiling about it. Like, okay, it's terrible. When people miss weight, it just, I think of Tyler Minton all the time. Like Tyler Minton's athletes don't miss weight. You know why? Because he's a professional. So I I can't, can't understand how you say you're a professional. Yeah. The, the, his attitude about it was what bothered me the most. And if you put me in front of a bunch of cameras and I know I'm about to be embarrassed, I might project the same attitude, but Mm -hmm. the physical markers that you typically see, you know, like when you'd see like Jose Aldo go out there trying to make weight back in the day when he wasn't doing it right, like the mm-hmm. dude looked like he was about to die. I think, you know, For Daniel real. Cormier yep. almost died a few times and maybe had to grab onto a towel yep. to steady himself to make weight a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not mad at that finesse. That was the, the most finesse of finesse. And every wrestler, it was like the Leo meme. As soon as he did that, every wrestler was like, oh, I see that. Yeah, no, no, I, I love it, DC. Uh, don't hurt me. And, um, but it's just the attitude. And like, then I don't know, just you missed weight. You, you're a professional. This isn't mm-hmm. your first fight. You're not fighting in like a, uh, some humdrum, like little promotion. Like you're fighting Nate Diaz. And I know yeah. my household is buying the pay-per-view because of Nate Diaz. Like yep. we're, we're huge fans. Like, well, now, so it's, it's, now it's Nate and Tony. Like now it's Nate awesome. and Kikui. 
which yeah. is fire. They should have fought a long time ago. Nate does not care. Kukui does not care. Those boys are going to get at it. And then, um, you know, Holland now gets Kazmet. How mad are you if you're Kevin Holland? He is going to, Kesman is going to kill Kevin Holland to death. He's going to murder kill him. I don't know. It's going to be a mauling, especially since he's not like reeling from cutting weight. Kazma's just fine. He doesn't care. So I don't know. I don't know. Holland, Holland is one of those guys that I, after watching like his first fight, I'm like, who is this Jamo? Mm-hmm. You know, like who is this dude? Yeah. But every time he goes out there and performs, like the dude is a performer and like, he does some really yeah. unorthodox things. And so, like, I, I'm not saying he has a great chance to win that fight, but I'm a little excited about it. And I'm also happy that I'm pretty sure Holland will still get half of uh, half of the purse, you know? Um, if yeah, I think so. That he should get paid weight. for it. I mean, he's step, yeah, stepping up to take that fight, like, especially with Kazman and what, what he can be. Like, I, yeah. dude, I'm not mad. Go, go get paid. Um, all right. Yeah, go get paid for sure. But don't pay with it if it's CTE. Please be careful. Um, love to see y'all talk about prior service members joining and mid-career professionals joining it. Well, we talk about this all the time. We talk about cross trainees coming over, prior service members. I mean, like, I don't know. We covered a whole bunch and people think like there's this magic to it. There's really not. Like, you just go to ANS, dude. You're a, you're a prior service Marine type. Uh, I hope you make it through the pipeline because those dudes are cool. I, I just had a conversation with one of the special forces dudes yesterday from first group. So he came over that he was grabbing an ISU story, story, story. It doesn't matter. Um, so we, we were talking and he was talking about a prior service Marine that works at the two one that was a sniper. And he was like, yeah, this guy is apparently, he was like, it was really awesome having him. They just got back from a trip and he was like, yeah, it was awesome having him on this trip because he knew he was like, he knew, you know, long distance shooting. He's like, he knew that stuff cold. He could instruct that. Cause he, he had a ton of time doing it. That's like the the great story of, okay, cool. He had a prior career, and now it's like additive to what he's doing now. You know what it is 99% of the time? Oh, well, back in my time in the Army and the infantry. Okay, I don't care. Like, cares. It doesn't help you. It doesn't hurt you. It's life experience. Like, you could be a fry cook at McDonald's. Like, that could also, I mean, I could find a way that that is also additive to what it is that we do and whatever else. I don't know. Um, Leading people on the fence and demotivating others in SWIC and ANS. Leaders mindset in this situation. I don't know what that means. If you're asking, how do you lead someone that's on the fence that is demotivating others? I think that's what you mean. Like, how do you get them out of it? Um, I'll, I'll open this one to you, Trent. How do you, how do you lead someone that is demotivated and it's dragging other people down? How do you how do you get that person on your team? Well, do you really want them on your team? That's the first question I would ask. Fantastic answer. Fantastic answer. I love it. Continue. You gotta this this person needs to make a decision because they're not making a decision. They're they're on the fence. They're like, you know, like I haven't quit yet, but. I'm also just going to sit around here and make life miserable for everybody else. So that's when, mm-hmm. it, especially from a peer environment, you have a lot of, uh, of, of power. You have a lot of influence with this person to force them mm-hmm. to make a decision. Like, dude, you either shut your mouth and you fall in line or you can go away. Like there's, mm-hmm. it's super easy. Get out. But like, <laughs> you can't pitter patter around these problems. Like if, if this person is actually affecting other people's chances to make it just because they're being a, a, a big old pain in the ass, like get rid of them mm-hmm. or, or make them fall in line. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know what? That was the, the biggest lesson that I learned. People, people ask how 
my first couple of goes at Indoc and my second goes at Indoc were different. And one of the things that I said was, I really drew a line where I would only help people so far. The first time, you know, I don't know how many times I'd stayed up to, you know, this doesn't sound late to 10 or 11 o'clock. That's, that's late when you have to wake up at four to start yeah. your day. But, you know, staying up till 10, 11 o'clock at night, having these heart to heart conversations about dudes that they're doing it for their mom, but they don't think they can go on any further. And then they they were thinking about quitting the next day and all this other stuff. And we'd be like, no, man, you got it, whatever. The second time when I went back, somebody would bring me that sort of problem. They'd be like, I just don't know if I want to be here. I'd be like, yeah, you need to figure that out, but you got to get out of our way. There's a bunch of people that yeah. know that they want to be here. So you need to either get on this train and we'll help you, or you need to get out of the way. If you're thinking about quitting, hey, that sucks, man. Like I would I, I would never close my door as the NCOIC of my indoc team. Like I would never turn somebody away if they need help. But I'd be like, y'all, it's 730. I'm trying to lay down and go to bed right now. If y'all got things that you need to talk about, you hit me up at dinner. I'm, you got three hours in between when we get off <laughs> off training for the day. And when I'm going to bed, you got three hours, homie. You got something that you need that's not an emergency. You better hit it up for 730 because I'm going to bed. If you don't think you want to be here, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't be here. And that's a, that was a tough thing to say, but that's a, a really good answer. It's a, I'm glad that you answered the question that way, mainly because I agree. So therefore, it's awesome. Uh, noise reduction techniques and carrying gear. I'd say go to Grand Thumb. Uh, Counting, Coup, uh, Counting Coup Tactical and Spirit of Systems is doing some awesome stuff for Recce. Recce is so hot right now. But mm -hmm. check out Grand Thumb. Check out um, Counting Coup Tactical, Fred, Spirit of Systems. Those, those guys are crushing it. They know way better than I do. Um, I won't even pretend to know. Would you like to say anything plaid, special? Just because they're also awesome. What's the that? Guy, the Roadies Plaid guys, also awesome. Yes. Yes. Uh, and if you need any outdoor gear, head up Everly Stock. That's not an ad read. That's not a jump in. That's just me saying, hey, what's up? I really stock. I love you. It just is. <clears throat> we talked about this a bunch of times. Leadership for retrainees coming back into the pipeline. What can we do to prepare? Um, be a good NCO. Be a good leader. There's no there's no secret sauce here. Yeah. And it's just like what we said earlier. The, the biggest thing that you're going to run into, and I, I would tell retrainees and older guys at SWIC this thing. I'm like, the biggest challenge you're going to have here are the younger, you know, the younger people that... Uh, have a hard time uh, uh, dealing with confrontation, whether it's their home life or here. And then also putting that into words, you know, so like they're still trying to figure it out and identify what's wrong with them and work those things out and mature and all these other things and ask a, a billion stupid questions. Um, but, you know, don't wear yourself out. Don't, don't do Aaron love version one, do Aaron love yeah. version two. Right. Well, my, my, one of my mentors, one of the the people that I work for, he, so he is uh, he's a girl. I got to get him get him on here. He does listen to the podcast, so fr if you're listening, what's up, sir? Um, he has worn all four berets. That is a that is a thing about him. So he was a tac p, and then a controller or a stow. No, so he's a tac p, and then a controller, and then a pj, and then a crow. That's a lot of berets. It is a lot of berets. He's got a lot of hats. And you know, it's funny. He doesn't care about the color of his hat, oddly enough. Um, so anyway, F, I, and I, I'll have to go back and look at that. I don't want to, I don't want to miss, I don't want to stolen valor on behalf of FR, but I believe that's the progression. Anyway, um, I totally lost my train of thought now that I was talking about. He was your mentor about uh, leadership as a retraining in the pipeline. 
Exactly. Thank you. So FR um, had something that initially on the outside of it, you would think is unpopular and you'd think like, oh, that guy's not a good leader. FR would say he's like, listen, I've really only got the energy for about three people that I can like truly care about and like mentor. And out of those three people, I can only really care about one. Like if I want one person, because he was talking about his staff of officers, right? So he was like, you know, he, he's got seven or eight officers. He's like, I have to look at this, this group of people. He's like, I can, I can control you guys. I can tell you where to be and I can give you policy on how to act. He's like, but if I want you truly to be better, I got to narrow that down to about three people. Three people I can like guide in the same direction. Out of those three people, one of those people that I think is just the absolute superstar, I'm going to give no kidding guidance and mentorship and whatever. And, and it sounds like, it sounds like a thing where you're like shirking responsibility or you get it into your head. Like, Oh, we have to guide everybody and mentor everybody. You don't have the time for that. You don't have the energy for that. You have to be, you have to be very deliberate, especially when you get to, and this is going to say it's a douchebag comment, but it's me saying it. So that's synonymous. But me as the op soup, I, I don't have the time in my day. Sometimes I don't have the time in my day. I start every day with a to-do list and that to-do list one, it, it grows longer as the day goes on. But two, people are constantly walking into my office with new things, hitting me with drive-bys. And I do not have the luxury of being like, Hey man, um, I don't have time for this right now. I have to stop what I'm doing on my to-do list. And I have to look at, I have to engage with this person. And sometimes they need follow on for me or they need me to engage right then for them. And they deserve to have somebody that answers it. But I do not have the time in my day to add mentorship. I can't mentor that person every single time. You have to be selective with the problems that you're addressing. And it has to be deliberate for your sake and for their sake. Well, I mean, it, it's, you got to, it's like trickle down leadership, right? Like if, if FR is, is mentoring it. every single A1C, then like he's got no time. And also like, it's not his job. His job is to take his, you know, majors and captains and turn them into decent people. And as those people interact with their senior NCOs, you know, and then those people interact with their, you know, NCOs and airmen, then the entire organization gets better. But if he like tries to help everybody, a, he's going to be exhausted and it's not going to work. And everybody's going to be like, well, he said he was going to help me. And then like, he didn't have time to actually help me. And then that doesn't do anything for you as a leader. Uh, but like, you got to let it trickle down from wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. You have to establish a culture of leadership and mentorship and guidance and all that other stuff. So got to have somewhere. Um, let's see. Jiu-jitsu. How many times has Trent tapped? I mean, every time we've ever rolled ever. That is uh, correct. Yeah. And like, how many times have you, like, I, I tap every time. The only thing that's sore after my nightly jujitsu session is, is usually my hand from telling people to stop choking me because I'm going to pass out. So like tapping, I, I was like, Oh, did you tap out? Dude, if you rolled for G, if you, if you rolled BJJ for two days, you know that tapping a lot is a good thing. Um, how many times tap? Yeah. The question specifically is jujitsu. How many times has Trent tapped? I don't know why you don't even talk about rolling ever because I don't. I like to punch and kick things. Okay. Broski, I, I am under no illusion that if Aaron gets me to the ground, I will just start tapping. Like if I find his foot down there, I'm going to start tapping it. Cause I know it's about to happen. If he's not unconscious by the time we reach the ground, it's over. Like I get it. <laughs> We're a vertical environment sort of thing. It's not the horizontal environment is not my, not my thing. Um, I will say though, there's sometimes that I'm laying down 
but it's not because I'm tired. It's it's because I'm dehydrated. I hate, I hate being dehydrated. So thank goodness that we got partnered up with hoist. I don't know if Dude. you know this, but it's, it's IV level hydration. It's one of the only three products that are actually approved by the DOD. The premix was awesome. You know me, baby. I love those packets. What do you, we're just, what's we're your doing favorite more ad reads than like, we're just these, doing these, these aren't even planned. Yeah. No, we're, I love, hoist. you know, I it's love just, hoist. I, I get the, the, the orange delivered to my house and also the dragon fruit. I get the dragon fruit delivered because it's not as popular. I like it. Um, uh, but that way my family won't drink all, all my hoist, but the orange disappears in like 48 hours and I get really upset. Oh. 100%. Yeah. Hoist, uh, I, I, if you guys aren't tracking, like it's got a huge military presence. It's at like 50 military bases across the world. So check it out. It's, it's probably in your shop at the new flavor they just put out is actually, it took over for orange for me. The premix, uh, blue raspberry is the absolute favorite. If we're not talking, um, fruit punch, the powder packs, the sticks, those things are awesome. They're in every single piece of luggage that I have. I will show up to like <laughs> trips true. and I'll just like open the pack up and there's like five hoist packets in there. I'm like, yeah, absolutely perfect. But I was telling one of the dudes this week, because I'll put them in a little like cup I'll be, uh, out in the middle of ops. So they'll come in and you'll see a guy pick it up and they kind of look at it. And that's when I, I start. I'm like, hey, uh, did you know that that's uh, that tastes so good that you can drink it middle of the workout? Did you know that's mm-hmm. that's IV level hydration? It's fantastic. Oh, totally approved by the DOD. Oh, do you like that? Go to hoist. Go, uh, go to drinkhoist.com. Use the code ones ready at checkout. You'll get a sweet discount. So hoist, drinkhoist.com. Ones ready at checkout. Don't be dehydrated. Don't lay down. You know, like we, we wear different color hats, but I think most of our disagreements come down to flavors of things that we, uh, we ingest. Those, those are literal the per- we disagree with on preference. Yeah. 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 100%. You know, have you ever noticed how grape, the flavor grape tastes nothing like a grape? It's, but it's like, you now associate that flavor, like a grape beverage yep. that does not taste like an actual grape. doesn't taste no. like a red grape. doesn't taste like any grape that's on, on the market that grows naturally. But now you associate that flavor with grape. So if somebody's like, Oh, it tastes like grape. You're like, Oh, I know what that, I know what, it, you know, whatever, but it's a fake flavor. It's some it's dude in the lab thing. decided what grape tastes like for all of us. And now they got us. It's like mass nice. hypnosis. That's it. Right. 100%. It's a mass, yeah, it's a mass hypnosis or a mass psychosis event. Uh, so setting long-term goals and short-term goals to help with not getting discouraged. Well, I, I think you answered your own question in the question. So if you set short-term goals that are additive and get you to your long-term goal, that should help you from not getting discouraged. It's, this is the first self-licking ice cream cone question I think I've ever seen. Do you know? My goal is my goal is to get to the gym and everything that happens after that is, uh, I know what to do after that. And, and it's all gravy. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. Uh, land nav tips and tricks for best practices and success. Tricks. Uh, there's no trick to it. You just have to be good at triangulating your map and then you have to be able to walk in a straight line. Um, so you, there's a bunch of ways that you can do this, but you just, have to be good at it and pace count. I got it. Practice. Practice is the tip. Oh, there were the trick. Got it. Yeah. See the trick. Yeah. And the best practice is to not suck. Rule number one is look cool. Yeah. Rule number two is don't get lost. Rule number three is if you're lost, refer to rule number two. And if uh, you're super lost, refer to rule number one. Um, rule number tips six on becoming is, a better leader. Go ahead. Don't listen to the Lieutenant. 
Can't spell loss without LT, baby. <laughs> uh, tips on becoming a better leader. I'm only 21 and teach at my ER as an EMT for basics. It's like anything else. It's odd that we just said that you get better at land nav by practicing, but you'll get better at leading by practicing as well. Putting yourself in those situations where, where you can lead, you know, this is the age old question. We've talked about it. I don't know, 2 million times, you know, is leadership an inherent trait? You know, is it, is it just in you and you need to foster it or can you train it? Or can, if you're not a good leader, can you become one? You got to practice. Um, I, I don't well, know if we want to. And leading and teaching are two different things. <laughs> yeah. um, so leading is more about who you are. Teaching is about preparation. So leading, you have to know who you are and, and, and what your goals are and, and work through, you know, your, your leadership process through that, that algorithm of who you are and, 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 and how you lead. But teaching is a preparation. If you show up and you're not prepared, you're not going to be a good teacher. Yeah, for sure. Um, I had a, a really, really close friend that used to say that uh, leadership is tricking other people into being their best selves. And I used yeah. to, I love that, that statement. Like, you know, a true leader tricks you into being your best self without you knowing it. Um, negotiating new ideas, improvements to leaders and followers versus imposing. You got, we got to work on your, your question asking skills, guys and gals. Like these are, these are not how questions are. There's no question mark. There's not a lot of verbs. So what I think this question is getting after, how do you get new ideas and improvements out there to your followers as, and you don't want to impose your idea on people. You don't want to be directive and top down. You want to get your ideas out there in a way that they're accepted by your followers and how to get those ideas to your leaders and have them listen. Well, I just made that up. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's what they're saying. F first of all, if, uh, if, if, if you and all the people around you think that this change needs to happen because you've socialized it amongst them, you've taken in all the input and you've, you've proven you're an expert in whatever you're doing and you've proven that this is a better process. Uh, you have two choices. You can either, uh, try to get your leadership to get on board or you can just execute and then, or you can just make the change. Yeah. Fantastic. I, so I, uh, there's a thing on base where they have NCOs that come in. So like junior E fives and they have senior NCOs come in and we talk about, you know, different topics. Right. And, and I was talking about organizational change and somebody was like, well, what happens if, you know, we have, there's an idea, the whole shift wants to do it. The shift supervisor says the weekend is like, is like, well, I need to talk to the boss about it, but it's something we can make at our level. What, what do you suggest we do? And I'm like, uh, just make the change. Just go do it. Is it, is it better? Is it going to have immediate better output? And they were like, yep. I'm like, just go do it. They're like, well, but nobody said that you, that we could. I was like, well, no one said you couldn't either. So if you just start doing it and it's better, then it won't be denied. Like if you sit there and talk about it all day, like see, see work, do work. If you see a problem, go fix the problem. And then you can fill everybody in on what you did later. Obviously there are backstops to this. You can't spend money without your boss approving it. It can't be dumb, illegal, immoral, or unethical. Like, okay, got it. But outside of that, if it's a good idea and you're taking the initiative, you'll be right 99 times out of 100. You might miss every once in a while. You might need to, you know, get a little wrist slap. Like, hey, everybody needs a talking to here and there. And, and I can almost guarantee the last guidance that you got from like your leaders, leaders, leaders up the chain of command was get the job done. And if that's the last guidance yeah. you got, then just go get the job done. Yeah. 
I, I try to tell my people this all the time and it's because I'm lazy. Um, not because I think I'm a good leader, but I am a what guy. I am not a how guy. I'm telling you what I want. Go do this. This is the effect that I want, right? I want a briefing from finance for everybody in the unit so that we don't have to go over to finance and ones and twos before this deployment. I want them to come over here and I want them to do all the financial stuff in our building. And the person that I had that was running this event started to be like, well, do you want them to come over? I'm like, uh-uh. that's what I want during this week. That's what I want. Just make it happen. And they're like, I, should I come back to you for I was like, nope. Just tell me when it's scheduled. That's it. I don't care about how this gets done. I want yeah. it to get done. And that's what I want. That's it. So um, once a task becomes your own, even the person that gave you that task is now the person that you're going to direct. So, you know, mm-hmm. like when finance shows up, like you're not going to yep. be like every five minutes, like, hey, senior love, like, can we do this? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, hey, senior finance is going to be here at this time in this room. Be there. Because as I was talking about earlier, in the revolving door that is my office, I don't have 10 minutes for this for this talk. This is a $2 conversation. So just hit me with a bottom line up front. Let's both get back to what we're doing. Now, the, mm-hmm. the other nuance to this, and I do like it, is you know that's what you do to leadership. Sometimes you just have to seize the initiative. You have to act without orders within your lane and within, within your scope and just go do. So the real nuance here, though, is so let's say you have a great idea and you're in a position of leadership and you don't want to direct it. So how do you get your followers? How do you how do you make that organizational change without being directive? Well, I, the yeah, obviously I have I have opinions, and I'm trying to, real hard to get these out. You have to make sure it's a good idea. So as a as an right. organizational leader, if the, the 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 organization is fairly large, then you need to go around to all your people and say you have this idea like it's like that's growing in your head. I'm going to go around to the head of every department in my building. Um, and talk to them about their problems and all these other things. And my idea is probably going to change as I like receive input from everybody. And then I'm going to call everybody together after I've talked to everybody individually. And then I'm going to be like, Hey, like I want to institute this change and this is how it benefits everybody here. Or I'm thinking about making this change. And like, this is how mm-hmm. we're thinking about rolling it out. And like, this is how that like we've talked to everybody, like not necessarily about the idea, but then it's like, Hey, like if we do this, like we, we're going to benefit everybody. And we're going to like, you know, basically do your homework. And make it right. good for everybody else, you know? Um, well, but you, I, you may not know I, I wanna, if it's a great idea until you do that. Sorry. Right. Well, no. And, and I want to clarify something. It might not be the best for everybody. It might be yeah. the best for most people, or it might be the best possible out of a bunch of bad scenarios. It might be the best bad scenario <laughs> that you can pick as well. So I'll ask, what, what do you do? How do you approach it when you have, let's say there's, you know, let, let's put this in ANS, right? Because this, this really came from um, somebody that's looking to go into these these early leadership positions and, you know, getting people to follow them and stuff. So let's say that you got a couple people that aren't in line with you. You're there at ANS, you have this idea, you're the leader or you're in a leadership position and you say, hey, I want to do this thing. I think it's going to be the best for most people. And there are a couple people that are just not cool. Do you need 100% consensus to move forward with your plan? No, no. And, and so if you have bad how, news, for how do like- you get those people on board? You, you tell them this is what we're doing. And like, and, and, but you have to also, usually if you have like the naysayers or the boohooers or whatever, like they just want to be heard. It's more about mm-hmm. being heard and being understood than it is about them actually not wanting to jump on board. And so sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to be like, Hey, I understand that this is not what you want to do. I understand that this is going to affect you in this way, X, Y, and Z, but this is what the team is doing. And if we don't execute mm-hmm. as a team, then we're all going to get crushed. 
So, yeah. and, and, and you just got to give them an opportunity to talk sometimes. But like, if you've done that two or three times and they're just not getting on board anyway, then like we said earlier, like they yeah. have two choices to make, they can get on board or they can get left behind. Yeah. So I, I actually got some great mentorship, um, from, a, you know, some, somebody that I look up to and, and he would handle problems like this. Like he would never, he would never really give you his opinion. Like if you asked him, he, he was notorious. I can see his, I can see his face in my head is somebody would ask him a, a question and he'd go, well, you know, since you asked me, and then he would give his actual opinion. Um, but another thing that, that he used to do is that he would listen to what you say. Like he, he'd listen to your disagreement. He would explain his part and he'd be like, okay, cool. And the person would go, okay, so we're not going to do it. He's like, oh no, we're totally going to do it. I understand your position, but this is the call. And like the person would look at him and be like, well, but I disagreed. And he was like, yeah, but, it, but it's my call and, and we're going to do it. So I understand. And I'm always here to talk about it, but this is what we're going to do. We just got to press forward this, you know, um, one of the the career field managers in the PJ community said something to the effect one time is he is, he said, I'd prefer consensus, but if you make me make this call, I will not ask for your consent. I'll just, I'll do what I need to do. I'd like to get everybody on board, but if not, we're going to make a call. So, um, say what you got to say, like get the information out there and, and we're going to go forward. I thought that was always pretty valuable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, let's see outside of the military, what are ways we can still serve our country and our community? Man, lean into the social fabric of this great place that we call America. We have good American value. You know what you can do? You can be nice to your fellow man. You can support the Constitution of the United States. You can uh, go out and get involved in your community, whether that's through uh, religion and your church or a local community that does good. Um, even stuff as silly as picking up trash at a park, you're going to meet other like-minded individuals. And that's how you, you weave that social fabric to be strong. Um, I don't know, maybe, maybe have some kids. I know, I know I'm going to get labeled as an extremist here, but like maybe have a family, maybe have a strong family unit, maybe find other strong family units that you can be friends with. And I don't know, maybe, maybe get a compound together. Trent and I are looking for land right now, baby. We're looking for forever homes, Don. <laughs> like I, I know that's, you know, it's cliche and, and extreme at the same time in this weird, weird world that we live. But like, man, you know what it feels good to live a, a good, honest life. Like go, go serve your country, go serve your community in that way. And if you want to get into civil service, like we need good policemen, we need good firemen, we need good dispatchers. We need good, um, you know, dare I say government employees, regardless of, of how I feel for that. But, um, there, there are ways that you can serve your community, um, honorably just as a, as a citizen of the United States, there's, there's a, a pride in being, a citizen of the United States and being an American. Yeah. I, I would say don't, don't get caught up in the fringes and, and uh, this nonsense, like America has no culture or whatever. That that's, that's BS. The, the, the culture of America is, is respect and hard work and, and making stuff happen and making the world a better place. So um, there are obviously outliers. There's just don't get caught up in, in all the, the, the noise and make your sphere of influence as, as good as you can make it, you know, and, and impact people in a positive way. It's, it's pretty simple stuff. Yeah. I was, it's just a random thing that I was thinking of as, as you were finishing up there, but it's the meme of the, the two guys that are, you know, kind of out in the wilderness and they can see the city off in the distance. They're like, you ever think about what goes on in the city? And the guy's like, Nope, no, I don't like what, what if you just put your phone down and what if you just didn't pay attention to the news for a day? I, I bet that you'd want to be a little bit more involved in your community. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. So there well, you go. The, the country is built on individuals. So the better you are, the better yeah. the country is. So there you go. Amen. Go to the gym, drink some extra water. Did you, did you drink your water? Do you hydrate? Hydrate. Um, all right. So change is coming to, uh, change is coming to special warfare as far as tack P is concerned. Uh, mission change goals, 2030, yada, yada, yada. Listen, the entire mission is changing. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Um, Captain Todd Duquette just, just dropped today. We've got a ton of TAC P content. The Lisco environment, the large scale, large scale contingency operations environment and DTAC environment. So declared theater of armed conflict environments. Like we're doing all those things right now. The mission set is changing everywhere for everybody. We're downsizing. The ops tempo isn't slowing down. We were told it was going to be like, oh, it's going to be slower. You're going to do, no, we're just doing different stuff at the same speed. We're doing the exact, like we have a robust training plan that we're getting after. We have robust things that we're trying to, you know, really hard problems that we're trying to solve. And TACP is no different. So, you know, we've talked about the changes coming a million times. We, you know, kind of open up talking um, about where we're going as a community and, and all these other things. But I'm not sure kind of how much more we can talk about the changes because it's just going to continue to change. Like it changed when we went into GWAT too, to bring it all the way back to what we were talking about. Seems like hours ago because it was, um, you know, there things change then as well. And we're going to see how things change now for TACP with their inclusion in the RQSs. And is that going to stay? Are they going to, are we going to move to different? Are we going to get rid of groups and go to wings that could change how TACP employs? Is there going to be another large arm conflict that we're going to have to go do that could change things as well. You just got to take it day by day and be seaweed. Just like the country, the community is built on individuals. And the more capable you are, the more flexible you're going to be. So whatever change comes down the pipe, you're going to be able to flex to it and then move towards whatever goals we're, we're moving towards. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. Worry about you. Yeah. Worry about being good. And uh, that way, when the time comes that we're, we're capable and flexible enough to get after the, whatever mission set comes down. Seems like a good place to end, Trent. fantastic thanks uh thanks to everybody for following along thanks for listening to to two dudes just kind of ramble on hopefully we answered all your questions and a whole lot more go over hit the uh like and like and subscribe button i can't talk on youtube we'd love to get up to a thousand apple reviews i'm gonna say it every time that we close out until it happens we're like five away it's a silly number. I don't think it does anything. We, it's not like we're going to get like a plaque from Apple or anything. I just think it'd be cool to have a thousand five star reviews. So they don't deliver go leave us review. money, uh, money if we get five star reviews, like a thousand of them. I'm hoping this is a total aside. But when I was at uh, JT's house, so I, uh, and I saw their hundred thousand K subscriber thing on YouTube, I almost wanted to take a picture with it. I was like, I want that plaque. Mm-hmm. we got work to do go subscribe share the channel with a friend i want one of those sweet hundred thousand subscriber plaques not never getting that thing um but seriously thanks for uh thanks for all the support go check us out on uh, onesready.com you can check the shop out you can buy some merch we're constantly refreshing the merch and getting that out there and then check out all of our partners we talked about exactly we talked about hoist go check out all of our partners on onesready.com hit us up in the dms ask us any questions you want make fun of us all you want Believe me, we're used to it. Appreciate everybody. Have a good time.